you are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. This morning, my name is Lee. I'm one of the pastors here, and if you're a guest with us, I want to say uh, good morning to you, and uh, hope this morning you're enjoying a, a time of worship with others. Uh, we've been worshiping through song, and, and now we're about to get into God's Word and, and worship through hearing His Word and responding to His Word. I want to say happy Thanksgiving as well to you a little bit early. Uh, I know some folks are already out traveling. Uh, schools are out this week, so some of our families already hit the road. So if you're traveling later in the week, uh, pray for your safety and hope that you have a, a great Thanksgiving uh, this coming week. If you've got a Bible with you, I want to invite you to turn to Revelation chapter 21, or maybe you have an app on your phone that you can find a Bible app there, and uh, go to Revelation 21. Uh, Revelation is the very last book in your Bible. And uh, Revelation chapter 21 is one of the last chapters, uh, so it's a fairly easy book to find. We're going to have words on the screen as well for you to follow along with us today, so I encourage you to follow along there. So Revelation chapter 21, we're going to finish up a series we've been in called Heaven, Hell, and Here. And so I invite you to follow along with us uh, in God's Word. So I invite you to stand again if you don't mind, uh, because we're going to read from Revelation 21 on down uh, to verse 8, starting in verse 1, and we stand in honoring of reading God's Word because we recognize that John wrote this, but these are not John's words. These are words given to John by the Holy Spirit, and that gives the Bible authority. And so we recognize the Bible as true. We recognize the Bible something I need in my life, in your life, to change us to be the people that God wants us to be. And so we pick up in verse 1, the Holy Spirit writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Verse 4 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne, verse 5 says, Behold, I am making all things new. He also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The one, verse 7 says, who conquers will have this heritage. I will be his God. He will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexual immoral, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur which is the second death. Let's pray together. Father, we have opened your word. Uh, Lord, we know through song today we've been able to uh, confess who you are and, and sing of your goodness and, and many songs of singing of anticipation of what it will be like uh, the day that believers in Jesus, we are in heaven together. 
around your throne. And Lord, we thank you for those songs we got to sing today as a way of confessing who you are, but a way to awaken our imagination, anticipation of that day. And Lord, we come to your word now, and and Father, we want to confess that it is your word and ask that the Holy Spirit will work in our minds and our hearts, uh, Father, to conform us, to bend our will uh, to your will, that we may be a people uh, that, Father, love you and honor you with the lives you've given us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I invite you to be seated. You know, this morning, when you think about heaven and hell and here, When you understand what comes next when you die, it changes the way you live now. And so when you think uh, about what comes next when you die, it changes the way you live now. You know, when you understand the realities of hell, as a believer in Jesus Christ, that should change our urgency in what we do. It should change the way we do evangelism. It should change the way we invite people to church because when we understand the realities of hell, our job really gives meaning for the fact that we want to say, no, no, Jesus saves. Jesus saves you from your sin. Jesus saves you from a place called hell. And maybe this morning, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, when you understand those realities of hell, also that changes the way you live now because you want to say, no, I don't want to go there. I want to be with God forever. I want to have my sin forgiven. When you think about heaven and you start understanding the realities of heaven, it changes the way you live now. See, it changes the way we love God. It changes the way we love one another. It changes the way we worship when we understand what heaven is like. You, know, you may have heard this phrase before, that Christians can be so heavenly minded, they do no earthly good. Have you ever heard that? Heaven, can, you know, Christians can be so heavenly minded, they do no earthly good. You know, C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity, took that statement on and he wrote this, and I quote, he said, a continual looking forward to this eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one uh, for of the things as a Christian is meant to do. It does not mean that as Christians we are to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just of those who thought the most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they've been so ineffective in this one. Aim at heaven and you will get earth. Aim at earth and you will get neither. So when you understand what comes next after you die, it changes the way you live now. So what is John saying about heaven? What is heaven like? Well, first, heaven is a place of renewal. John, in verse 1, when you look back at verse 1, he says, I saw a new heaven and earth, for the first heaven and earth had passed away. There's the word heaven is mentioned over 500 times throughout the Bible. The word heaven is mentioned 50 times uh, in the book of Revelation. Now he says, I saw a new heaven and new earth. In the Greek, there are two words that mean new. A new can mean be mean to say brand new. Right? So God makes a brand new heaven and earth, or it can mean to be made renewed. It's a remade heaven and earth. 
John's using that Greek term, that this heaven and earth will be remade. And so chapter 21 takes place after the seven-year tribulation period. It takes place after the thousand-year reign of Christ. It it takes place after Christ comes again and then has the thousand-year reign. And so when you come to chapter 21, there's no Satan. There's no uh, sin. There's, There's no evil anymore. Christ has taken care of all of that. And so now he says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. After all those things have taken place, God will remake heaven and earth. It will be made new. It will be glorified. It will be good. There will be no sin for all of eternity in this new heaven and earth. Let's do this with our sanctified imagination, shall we? Think for a moment what that's going to be like. In the new heaven and the new earth, I, I put a picture up here for you of a couple of things that I was imagining uh, this week. I mean, think of some of these things. All right, bottom right, some of you have been to the Grand Canyon before. We had an opportunity to go uh, this year. And I mean, if you've been to the Grand Canyon, it is breathtaking, right? How many of you maybe have been able to see Grand Canyon, right? You agree with me? I, I told Sandra, I said, I literally, at some of the outlooks, I could just put a chair and sit there and look at it all day long, right? I mean, it's breathtaking. But as breathtaking as it is, it's still imperfect, right? What, what is a, a glorified Grand Canyon going to be like? What is glorified brisket going to taste like? <laughs> I mean, have you ever had a brisket where you go, man, that was the best brisket I've ever eaten. You hadn't eaten the best brisket yet. There's coming a day in the new heaven and new earth. You get glorified brisket. What's it going to be like, praise the Lord, to go to a glorified Galveston beach? <laughs> oh, my No more going, do we have to check the algae levels to see if it's safe to even touch the water today, right? Glorified beaches. We can swim with the fish and the sharks and nothing will bite us. Nothing will sting us. It'll be glorified. How about going to a glorified Astros game? Oh, man, I thought about that last night. A glorified Astros game. I told Sanders, like, wouldn't it be neat just to sit behind home plate and watch the glorified Astros play? She's like, well, the other team would be glorified. I said, don't kill my imagination right now, would you? <laughs> just, just watch. Can I have a good foot-long hot dog? It'll be glorified. Heaven is a place of renewal. God takes everything that is good now, and he heightens it. I mean, everything perfect. I love the way one author said it. He said, creation's beauties are heightened. Its pleasures strengthen and our limitations removed. So heaven is a place of renewal. But notice also heaven's a place of reunion. Pick up in verse 2. John says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It's prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Verse 3, he said, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Heaven's a place of reunion. See, heaven is heavenly because God is there. And as believers in Jesus Christ, you have a perfect relationship and fellowship with God for all of eternity. So so go back in your minds to uh, Genesis chapter 1 and 2. See, in the the very beginning, 
when God created everything, everything was good. Everything was perfect. The Bible says that man and God had a perfect relationship, perfect fellowship. That relationship and fellowship, it wasn't broken. It was absolutely perfect. You know, in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, you see paradise. There's no Satan mentioned in Genesis 1 and 2. There's no sin mentioned. All that takes place in Genesis chapter 3. It is paradise. Revelation chapter 21, Revelation chapter 22, it's paradise restored. No mention of Satan, no mention of sin in the last two chapters of the Bible. What's God doing right now? He's bringing us back to that moment. He is restoring paradise. So now when you place your faith in Christ Jesus, because what sin does as an unbeliever, sin breaks that relationship. Sin breaks that fellowship. That's what happened in Genesis 3 when man sinned, death entered in our world. Sin came in our world and the relationship and fellowship with God was broken. But now when you place your faith, your trust in Jesus, who was fully God and fully man here on this earth, who died on the cross for your sin, rose from the grave to be able to beat death on your behalf, when you place your faith in Christ, now it's Jesus that, that brings you back to God in a relationship. And you have that relationship with God now and forever, right? When you place your faith in Christ, God becomes your heavenly father. You are his son. You are his daughter. Nothing breaks the relationship. But stay with me on this. As believers, we still sin. We we still mess up. We still break God's law. We still do things God doesn't want us to do. And even though the relationship remains, fellowship is broken. You don't have fellowship, but you still have the relationship. But in heaven, the relationship and fellowship is perfect. That's why it's important now as believers in Christ, we still turn from our sin. We still come back to God and we say, look, we sin and and we need you to forgive us because we want that restored fellowship back with you. Heaven is a place of a reunion with God, an unbroken relationship. An unbroken fellowship for all of eternity. It's that perfect reunion that John says that we are his people, verse 3. He is our God. But also understand this, that heaven is a place of reunion with loved ones that have passed away in your life that were believers in Jesus Christ. For some of you, you you have had to say goodbye to to a husband, to a wife to a child, to a grandchild, to a friend. And if they were a believer in Christ Jesus, and you're a believer in Christ, then heaven is that perfect eternal reunion where you are back with them for, for all of eternity because God is bringing his people back together. Heaven is that place of reunion. Turning back to C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, I love what he says about this. He says, I've come home At last, I'm at home in heaven. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land I've been looking for all my life, though I've never known it till now. Come up further, come up further into heaven. It's a place of renewal. It's a place of reunion, but it's a place of release. It's a place of release. Look in verse 4. Notice what John says. He says, he will wipe, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. I love verse 4 of Revelation 21, don't you? And it's one, I think, one of the sweetest verses in all of the Bible. And you see God's pastoral loving care for his people right there in verse 4. That there's coming a day that in heaven that he wipes away all our tears. There's no more mourning. There's no more crying. There's no more death. The former things have passed away. I mean, think about that. In heaven, there's no more death. Funeral homes are out of business. No more funerals to go to. No more grave sites of loved ones to visit. All of that is gone. No more death. What else does he say? He says, no more crying. There is no more tears. There's no more depression. There's no more darkness. There's no more uh, dark nights of the soul. There's no more sadness. There's no more anxiety attacks. There's no more worries. There's no more PTSD. All of that is gone in heaven because verse says, Verse 4 says, God is wiping that all away out of our lives. Do you notice he says, not only there's no more death, there's no more sadness, there's no more pain, no more illness. During flu season, we all can go, amen, right? No more illness. No, no more doctor's visits. No more doctors. No more hospitals. Isn't that good news? And I, if you're a doctor or a nurse or anything, I don't mean to offend you. I mean, but we are glad you are out of a job in heaven. So we don't want that for all of eternity. I mean, I think about that, you know, in heaven, I'm out of a job. There's no one more to tell about Jesus in heaven. There's no need for a preacher in heaven. There's no need for a doctor in heaven. No need for a hospital in heaven. No need for ER trips, CAT scans, MRI machines, none of that. No more pain. Aren't you glad there will be a day where you can wake up and not bones creak and crack and go, oh, I mean, I've, I've, I've got a birthday coming up in a couple of weeks. And um, I didn't know it was possible to injure yourself when you were sleeping until recently. <laughs> I, I woke up a couple of days ago and I could barely turn my head. And Sandra's like, what happened? I was like, I just went to sleep. And I woke up. And I didn't know the older I was getting that it's possible to actually injure yourself while you are just laying there asleep. But all of us understand those at certain ages that our bodies are breaking down and they hurt. But in heaven, there's none of that. I I love what Isaiah 25 verses 8 and 9 says. I, I read this in my devotion time recently. I've been moving through the book of Isaiah. Isaiah said this, he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the reproach of his people he'll take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It'll be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. And when we understand that heaven is a place of release of all of that, should give you hope right now where you are. Help you to stay courageous in fighting against death and illness and sadness and anxiety and all the pain we have. Because there's coming a day where it's all wiped away, verse 4 says. There's coming a day of victory. Heaven's a place of victory. Look in verses 5 through 7. Heaven is a place of victory. I love verse 5. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. He said, write this down. 
for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I'm the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end to the thirsty. I will give from them a spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. You know, when you think about heaven, there's, um, there's a lot written about heaven. There's a lot of movies made about heaven. You know, there's, there's a lot of accounts of people who said, you know, that they, they died for a period of time and, and they were uh, given a vision of heaven for that period of time and they may have written a book on it or, or there's a movie made about it and some of you read those books, some of you have seen those movies or you've met those people. Sometimes, sadly, they come back and say, well, you know, maybe I, I made some of that up or maybe they say something that, that doesn't compute with the Word of God, doesn't match up. And what do we do with those accounts? What do we do with those people we know or those books we've read where, where maybe that's happened? Well, what I've always held in fact of is saying, well, that person had some type of experience. And I, I can't take away an experience somebody had. But what I can do is I can come to the Word of God. And I can allow the Word of God to be the authority in my life. I can allow the Word of God to inform me in my life of, of what I need. And so I want you to see what John's saying In verse 5, it is Christ who says, write these words down. And and, and notice how he ends verse 5. This is so important. These words are trustworthy and true. Well, who's the one writing the words? Who's the one giving John the words to write? Verse 6, it's Christ. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the, the beginning of the end, right? And so when we come to the Bible and we think about heaven, we come and we say, all right, we're going to put our hope and our trust in what God's word says about this place called heaven. And notice he says it's a place of renewal. It's a place of reunion. We're we're back with God, perfect fellowship, perfect relationship. We get to see loved ones again that have gone before us who died in Christ. It's, It's a place of release. Right? No more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more sickness. And it's a place of victory. Because did you notice what he said in verse 7? What did he say about us in verse 7? The one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God. And he will be my son. The one who conquers. Who, who's that? That's believers in Jesus. See, see, we're conquerors because of what Christ has done. Right? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it's Christ who's the first fruits of our resurrection. First fruits mean it's a, almost a down payment of more to come. Those who are in faith in Christ, we have a resurrection because he had a resurrection. He went to heaven, therefore we go to heaven because what Christ has done. We are victories in Christ. We're conquerors in Christ because our faith is in him who died and him who rose. It's in Christ who, who beat everything on our behalf. And so this is the victory we have, but stay with me. It's not a victory yet fully realized. It would be like being in the locker room before the football game and somebody coming in and going, you win today, right? You're going to win, guaranteed, you're winning. But you still got to go play the game. Still got to go out there and play. See, heaven, we win. Everything there, we're, we're winners, we're conquerors. We overcome it all. We still have to live. You know, when I do the funeral of a, of a believer, 
I'll often read 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 57. That says, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? You know, the sting of death is sin. But, but as Christ has removed that sin of our lives. And then verse 57 ends up and it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll tell the crowd this. That as believers in Jesus, that's our victory. Heaven, our victory, overcoming the grave, our victory, overcoming sin. For us, that's the victory we've yet realized. But this person who confessed Christ, it's victory realized for them for all of eternity because they're already there. Amen? It's a place of victory. I love what Billy Graham says. He said, believe that Christ died for you. He suffered for you. He won the battle over sin for you. He rose from the grave and was victorious over death so that you can live forever. You know, I know the Bible gives us a lot of things about heaven and, and it's still kind of hard to imagine. It's still kind of hard, hard for us to visually see it all because we, we like to visually see things. And I'm sure there's a lot more questions that you've got this morning on, on heaven. What I want to do is just take a few moments and answer as we're kind of concluding the series some of the most popular questions that you might get on heaven. I'm going to kind of do this very rapid fire for you. But uh, let's go through some of the more common questions that I haven't addressed in this passage. But I want to go over before we conclude our series on heaven, hell, and here. Number one, this question a lot comes up. Will babies who have died be in heaven? You know, will babies who have died... Uh, be in heaven. I believe the Bible is, is clear on this. I 100% affirm this, that, that babies who have, who have died, whether in the womb of their mother, or maybe died as infants, toddlers, yes, are, are in heaven. See, every person has, a, has an age of moral responsibility that they have to come to. And when they come to that age of moral responsibility, they have to answer for their rights and wrongs. Every person has that age of moral responsibility where they need to decide whether or not they're placing their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. But babies and, and those infants and, and people with cognitive disabilities, uh, many of them never reach that age of moral responsibility. And so I believe that God's a fair God. I believe God's a just God. I believe God is merciful in all his ways. And, and babies and people with cognitive disabilities, yeah, they're, they're in heaven for all of eternity. I, I'm comfortable saying that because I believe the Bible is really clear on that. Second question, will we know each other in heaven? Yes. We'll know each other in heaven. You know, Christ, when he came back in his glorified body, the disciples knew him. They called him by name, right? And so uh, in heaven, we'll know each other. You'll get a new glorified body. Uh, when a believer in Jesus Christ dies, now their soul goes to be with the Lord. And there's one day coming in the future uh, that's called the resurrection of believers, where our soul is reunited now with a new glorified body. So, yes, we will know each other. Uh, some theologians believe we even keep our own names. So be careful what you name your kids. They may carry that for eternity, right? But you'll have your identity. You will know each other in heaven. Yes. Will we be married in heaven? No. We'll not be married in heaven. Thankfully, no one said amen to that one. Whew. All right, I was... Just wanted to hit that and go, right? Matthew twenty two thirty. for in the resurrection, Jesus says, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. All right, now, uh, this isn't a question I put together. It just came up uh, this morning when I was thinking through this 
passage that Jesus says, for in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Are we angels in heaven? No. Okay, we are not angels in heaven. You keep your identity, you get a new glorified body. Jesus says you are like angels in heaven, but you do not become an angel in heaven. Those are two very distinct people groups, if you will. And so, no, our, when our loved ones pass away and they go to heaven, they don't become angels. They are who they are. And God is giving them a new resurrected body one day, just like you will. We'll be like the angels, but we are not angels in heaven. Number four, can we eat anything we want in heaven and not gain weight? Yes! Happy Thanksgiving, right? You will not gain weight in heaven. All that glorified brisket and good old banana pudding you can eat in heaven and will not gain weight one pound, and that will be awesome. But finally, this last question is who goes to heaven? Who's in heaven? Let's go over who's not for a moment. As we answer who goes to heaven, let's go over who's not. Look in verse 8. It says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So Jesus says there that, that, that there are some people who are not in heaven, that there is a way to go to heaven. And he says earlier in John fourteen six, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, through Christ. And I think, you know, friends, we, we all can look at verse